chapter 6 verse 63 Jesus said the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life a warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church you are in for an uplifting time in God's word enjoy the message let's pray Lord Jesus we can come before you to share your word because you say where two or three are gathered in my name, you are there in their midst. So whether it is one-to-one or whether it is by the medium of radio or television, you hear us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live truly in the last days. How do I know? Because everybody has said Last this, last this, last day. And they've been saying it for a long time. But there's a classical definition of last days. When Christians say these are the last days, we're talking about the first coming of Jesus when he came as a child born in Bethlehem. Those days, the first coming, ended when he ascended to heaven. And he promised that he would come back again. So the time between his coming and going up to heaven, pouring his spirit on Pentecost, till when he comes again, is the period defined as his second coming. And it's also the period about what we call the last days. These are the last days. Because whenever he comes, the teaching of scripture is that time will stop. Every activity will stop. He will come down and reign here as the Lord, as the King of Kings, and as the Lord of all. That's it. It's like somebody who has an employment and you are being paid every day. And somebody comes who is your employer and he's not happy with what you are doing. Say, get your salary. When you finish your salary, come and see me. And then you see the boss and he says, yes, this is your last day because I don't want your business anymore. You have no job here. You become very sorrowful, very regretful because you may think you just wasted your time. That's your last day in the company. But the company continues and the world continues. But when Jesus says, these are the last days, and when that last day comes, it's not like somebody who has fired you from your job or somebody has died and there's another opportunity to have a second time. No, it is not coming again. Because clearly, Hebrews 9.27 says, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. So when he comes, and we're talking about the last days, his coming Time will stop, there'll be judgment, and there'll be rewards. But the Lord, who loves you and I, gives us an idea of what to characterize these last days before he comes. And there are so many scriptures about that. But today I'll just take one and read it to you and I. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, it talks about the kind of life we will live in those last days. Say, for men and women will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, 
proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Jesus said these will be what will show the character of people. This will be what they will be displaying because these are the last days. And they'll be showing this because they think that, oh, he hasn't come immediately. They'll think, oh, what? We thought he would come very soon. It's like children whose parents tell them, I'm going to work. I'll come back soon. So their understanding of soon, maybe an hour or two. And because the father or the mother hasn't come, they will be doing whatever they can until sometimes they even forget that the parents will come with a car at the time they didn't expect. And when they come, they are so embarrassed. But in the coming of the Lord, what he says that is frightening is that people will spend their time on the wrong things, doing the wrong things. If they were spending their time in doing the right things, or like those children, spending their time doing their homework, cleaning the house, then when their parents come and they say, oh, mommy, daddy, you've come. You say, yes. Oh, you've done a homework. You got 100%. You say, yeah, mommy, daddy. When I did it at first, the younger one will say, I took it to my older brother. He marked it, and I got two over 10. Then he taught me what to do with it again, and I did it. Now, mommy, mommy, you see, daddy, you see, I got 10 over 10. So that waiting has become fruitful. But the Lord, who talks about purposeful living, which is the message for today, says, for men and women will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. This means the prevalent atmosphere will be that of carelessness and lawlessness because somehow they had come to believe that Jesus will not come. It's time for fun, food, and entertainment. When COVID came and we were all scared, people were more careful about how they would live. COVID taught us some very good lessons. Oh, how you can stay in your house and do a lot of things online. COVID taught people even how to go to church, how to give, how to pray for others. But after COVID has been relaxed, some people have continued in those ways. Oh, why should I go to church? The church can be on the internet. Oh, I can go to Zoom church. I can go to this. Truly, it is better than not doing anything. But the Lord says there's a need for fellowship with one another. There's a need to go out and minister to some other people. People have relaxed. People choose all kinds of entertainment. People have picked up habits of watching films and betting and doing all kinds of things these last days because they've been locked down. People have become very aggressive with their own spouses, with their own children. They've been locked in the same room over and over again, so they become very aggressive. And these are not good characteristics. But remember, the Lord says, watch it. This will be the last days. Is the Lord saying, don't have fun? No. You must have fun. The Lord himself calls us to rest. God himself worked for six days, but he rested on the seventh day. Men today are supposed to work for five days or six days and rest on Sunday or the Sabbath. God himself expects people to rest. 
because uh, we're beginning to learn something that when you rest or when you have leisure, when you have sports, relaxation, they cause you to be rejuvenated. In fact, the body has its own mechanism of getting you to restore. As you hear, you cannot cheat nature. If you go on and on, you don't sleep, you don't sleep, you go on high, high, high energy, then nature will take its toll. You will crash and may not be able to perform. So look at this. Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 31, he told his disciples, he said, and he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They were so tight. They were working. He said, come, let us rest. So God approves of rest. And I don't know what they did during their rest time. Did they play basketball? Did they play ludo? Or they just slept? Oh, leisure is important because God rested. God expects us to rest. God expects us to also take good care of our bodies. One of the few things I've learned from secondary school that I remember is a sound mind in a sound body. And they say it in Latin, mens sana incorpore sano, a sound mind in a sound body. So if your body is not sound, your mind will not be sound. But look at how he puts it in the Bible. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? So this temple, this body, has been given to you by God. Whilst we are on earth here, this is what we used to do anything, to go, to come, to discharge business, to talk to people, it is our body that they recognize, our voice, your mind, the thing that you do, you do them in this body. And once it is gone, it is gone. So God expects you to eat well, to rest well, so that you can be rejuvenated and be in top shape for him. But if God approves of leisure, God disapproves of the spirit that we are reading about, the sinful use of leisure. That wastes the time of God. That causes you not to focus on what God wants you to do. Because you are only here for an assignment. Can you tell me something? Do you know how long you'll be here? 10 years, 20 years, 40 years? Anytime you celebrate birthday, remember one thing. It is your years God has given you to stay here, which you don't know, minus one. Any day you wake up, <laughs> it is minus one. So from the day you were born, you start dying. And we are not told when we will go. So make good use of your time. So there are people who use their, their life in ways that are not helpful. There are about five ways people use their time or use leisure in these last days. First is that they have selfish, selfish ambition, the kind of thing they do. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified their flesh with his passions and desires. Look, before you became a Christian, maybe you had a way of doing things. You see something, you want it. So the reason why you are pressing on, you are working very hard, is that somebody has a car, somebody has a house, somebody has a wife, somebody went to school, and you also want to have it. So you push, 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 push. And now that you have acquired those things, say, ah, let me rest, let me rest. After all, what? Let me rest. We'll see very soon the parable of the rich, the rich man, the rich fool. So, the selfish leisure. Oh, 
Some people say, oh, I want to retire at 40. Why? Because I've made so much money, I've worked so hard, let me enjoy it. Well, if you work so hard, it means you are only working for yourself because the Lord may have given you the opportunity to work so that you'll be a source of blessing to others. Have you thought about that? Yes, you work hard. But some, no matter what they think they can do, they will not be able to work as hard as you because they may not have the opportunity. So God expects you to bless them. That's what we call sensual pleasure. People satisfy the desires of the flesh. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Say, I will, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have many, good, many goods laid out for you and many years, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. If you know the Bible, you're a Bible student in Luke chapter 12, he said, talk about the rich man. The rich man worked very hard and he harvested a big harvest. No big deal. But what did the man decide to do? I'll tear down this barn. I'll build another one. Then what will I do? And I will say to my soul, hey, soul, you have many goods laid up for you many years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, I know some people, at least I've heard it. Every weekend, it's time for party. Big men's club, big women's club. They dance away the time. They booze all the booze they can. Sometimes, I hear they even swap partners because it's all part of the fun and entertainment. Because after all, when you die, you die. So what is it? That's what the man did. Sensual pleasure. But that sensual pleasure, God says it can be called shameful leisure. So, verse 14. People worry so much that they are not able to even focus on what God has done for them or what God is doing for them. Jesus gave the parable of the soils. The farmer went out to sow. And when he sowed, the seeds were good. And they fell on four different types of soil. But there was one particular soil that I'll talk about here. He said, now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out. And they are choked with the cares, riches, and leisures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They have heard, they understand, but to put it in, into practice, they say, no, 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 no. No, let me have fun. I met a man one day, somebody took me and introduced me to him. Ah, oh, this man had a very lovely beachside property. Actually, I envied him. I mean, he was enjoying himself. He was a foreigner who had come to Ghana, made some money, bought beach, had a yacht there, and had a lot of men, boys, girls, all of them calling him Dada, Dada Ohinio. They, they said, oh, this is a, the guy who was working for them. They said, this is my pastor. I said, oh, pastor, pastor, pastor. You see, I'm sorry they brought you. If I knew you were a pastor, you wouldn't have come here. You see, I'll make more money and I'll enjoy. When I'm about to die, I'll come to church, so leave me alone. I didn't even say anything to him. Here's somebody who is enjoying his leisure. He may have heard the word, so he knew who he was, the pastor. But Jesus said, because of the cares, riches, and pleasures of life, he said, no, when I'm about to die, oh, well, God is a God of mercy, but when you are about to die, I wish you knew when you would die. 
take time. Nothing is promised to us. There are those who have what they call sorrowful leisure. They spend all their time wasted, particularly those who are young. And then when the time comes and they look back, all they can do is cry. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 says, Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. I, I think about this, about people who are so talented. God has given them so much gift. They grow up in the house of God. They have voices to sing. They are good actors. They are good actresses. They sing in the choir. They do choreography. They give money. They help people, the elderly. And all of a sudden, they are in their teens, 16, 17, 18, 19. Now they have big voice, big bust, big. Somebody tell them, you are looking so beautiful. Oh, my girl, you look so beautiful. What, why, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to church. What? Church? Nice lady like you, going to church. You're going to do what? That boring place. What do you do with your time? You do you give title? Ah, what is wrong with you? They try to make fun of you. Or you go to the university. They say, ah, you've made your grace and you come to university and you're spending time worshiping God. Is that God? Have you ever seen him before? They say, okay, look, even my professor, even my lecturer, even my director, all of these people, they don't believe in God, and yet they are making. So I don't even want to be seen as having any relationship with God. Remember, the devil is not a fool. He doesn't want to suffer alone. So he has his agents who like others to join him. And then when you have wasted all your time and all your energy, you are now old. Your body is old. When all the abortions and all the drugs you have done, when they are showing you, when you see your classmates who have remained in the Lord. You say, this is my classmate. Someone says, ah, is this your classmate? Why, you are looking like the person's grandfather. I saw a colleague of mine, I mean, I saw somebody recently in church, and I called him to church. People say, look at this guy. I said, this guy. He said, look at him. He said, oh, that day, you used to be in church. Look at him. The man looks like my grandfather because he will abuse his body. So I saw him and said, what is happening now? So don't ask me what is happening now. You see, why? Don't waste it. God says these are all the tricks of the devil. Don't. But those things, if you follow the worldly leisure, be careful. Jesus is not saying we should not have fun. We should not have leisure. He himself took it. But we are talking today about purposeful living. Look at the end and decide how to use your time. Because in Luke chapter 12, verse 20, he tells us something. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be? Those things you are leaving behind, whose would they be? It will not be for anybody. You don't even know the one who is going to take it. So why? You're having leisure. But you can invest in God's work. You can bless others. So the last point we'd like to see is what does God expect me to do about purposeful living? Three things as you bring this sermon to a close. First, consecrate your plans to God. 
Second, consecrate or dedicate your pleasure to him. And thirdly, you personally be a consecrated person. So let's take the first one. Consecrated plans. Always seek Christ in the many things you do, in the places you go, in the activities you perform. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Proverbs written by Solomon, as we believe, who had seen so many, many things in this world, he gives us a piece of advice. And it's always good. He said, it is only the fool who does not learn from the mistake of others. Solomon did many good things, but he also did a lot of bad things. And in, in our language, they say sometimes, it is the good with that is able to advise his child what it did to have one ear so that the child will not repeat it. So what is he saying in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6? Commit your ways to the Lord and trust him. And he will make your path straight. Basically, do not follow your own understanding, but in everything you do, ask God to help you. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, trust him, and he will make your path straight. I like using this example sometimes. You think about it. Cars are moving left and right, going to a certain direction. And you happen to be sitting on top of a very big, big skyscraper. You can see down that the traffic is not moving. Then you see somebody speeding towards that place. You wish you could tell the person, don't go there. The road is not good. But there's no way of the person communicating with you or you communicating with them because they don't even know you are there. They don't know. And if, if you even see them, there's no way you can communicate with them. But friend, think about it this way. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You think the road is good, you are going there. But what you may not know is that at the end of the road, there's destruction, there's a traffic jam, there's fire, there's a pit. You may fall into it. If you can only say, Lord, guide me, Lord, direct me. And if you truly believe that God answers prayer, the Holy Spirit speaks in answer to prayer, you hear something, oh, go stand, go left, go right, go this and direct. But let me give you another example, which may not be exactly that, but it almost comes close to that. I have tried to use GPS even when I know where I'm going. Then it tells me, uh, the road you are going, we found a better route. Do you want to go the new route? If yes, press yes. Then he redirects you. Then when you are going, he said, this avoids heavy traffic, and you've gained four minutes by not passing the original route. Friend, if GPS, lifeless things can direct you to avoid routes and traffic, what about the Spirit of God? Purposeful living means you should know that if you commit your plans to God, he can only lead you in the path of righteousness for his namesake. He will never and ever mislead you. Trust him and live for him particularly if you claim to be his child. Because there's a way that seems right to a person, but the end thereof is destruction. Even pleasure 
Christ will show you where real pleasure is found. And it is found only in serving him. Proverbs 16, 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You may have seen this video about a man who had made so much money and he didn't know what to do with his money. So he was talking to a friend one day and the friend told him about this colony of, uh, uh, they now call them people with disability. And they're just there. They can't do anything. They can't go to the market. They can't buy food. Nobody cares about them. So the friend convinced them that, look, go, you can use your money somewhere. So oh, don't worry me. He said, no, you can use your money somewhere. So I'll show you. And when I take you there, you will see that God has blessed you for a purpose. So he took him to the camp. When he saw these people, he could not believe it. People who were disabled with, I mean, husband and wife, with children, the environment in which they were living, in wheelchairs, dirty, unkempt, nobody caring for them. Then he looked and said, what's going on here? He said, we keep them here away from the public. He said, what does it take to build a nice place for them? What does it take to have a nest to look after them? What does it take to find somebody to come and take care of them once in a while? And when he was told the cost, he said, ah, I can do this. I can do this. So they arranged for him to make the first presentation of a wheelchair to a mother who had, a, who had twins. And she, this cripple was struggling with the twins, with her husband beside, struggling. When she got the wheelchair, the woman got down from the wheelchair and knelt down and started praying, God bless you, God bless you, sir, God bless you, and bless your family, and bless your relatives, and may your joy be full. The man stood there, and he was weeping. And they asked him, why are you weeping? He said, I've never felt such satisfaction in my life. I've been chasing money, chasing everything. This is pure joy. It doesn't come from Agba. It doesn't come from cigarette. It doesn't come from sex. It comes from living your purpose. This is consecrated pleasure. Say, you will show me path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and your right hands are pleasures forevermore. So there are things that God can show you. Yes, you can have fun, pleasure, but when he directs you, it will be pure joy. And I'm telling you, if you want to live purposefully, look in the direction and let God direct you. The last one, be a consecrated person. Galatians 2.20. I like that. It's one of my own favorite verses. Paul said, I'm just alive to do the will of God. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me say this. If more people who say they are Christians will live like this, I've been crucified with Christ. So if I tell the truth and say, do not be corrupt, do not be lying, don't be selfish, I'll tell the truth, I'll do honest business, and they are persecuting you, what can they do? The worst they can do is to send you to prison or even kill you. But Paul said, I've been crucified with Jesus already. And the life that I now live in the flesh says, Christ who lives in me, I live by faith in the Son of God, who already died for me to set me free. Friends, two options, two decisions you can make. 
Are you a child of God? Say, Lord, yes, I live in this world and I understand that is the last days. Things are difficult, but help me not to fulfill the predictions that you give in the scriptures we read that the last days minus me. Let me live purposefully. But if you do not know this Lord as your savior, and you've heard me saying that when he says he's coming, it's like that child, those children, those people who have forgotten that their master is coming and they are taken by surprise. Remember, it is appointed unto you once to die after that the judgment. Will you give your life to him? Say, Lord, I want to live for you. Then he will direct you. The pleasures, the purpose, the anointing, the ability to do what needs to be done. The past, he can direct you and change it for you when you confess your sins. But the future, be full of joy. Stay in him. In Jesus' name, amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamain campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamain Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.